Wait, is, is it slang Ed? language? Or is slang like a, a portmanteau or something? Like a slurred language? That's a posh word. Portmanteau. <laughs> oh my I God. I thought we spoke about portmanteaus. Didn't we? Oh. On one episode? Kia was educated in Isha. I was educated <laughs> in Hersham. Yeah. Oh, so they were portmanteau just is not on my sphere <laughs> of uh, of words portmanteau but yeah it's so is slang a portmanteau or something like a slippery i don't know what the fuck portmanteau means (laughs) (laughs) sorry did i shout that yeah that's okay From our first episode, um, we did have some feedback saying that they enjoyed our little uh, five things that millennials have killed segment. Six things. Five things. Oh, six. <laughs> <laughs> six things. Um, because we are serial killers. And I think um, th- there's a lot more, as I stated in the previous episode. What do there you mean 25. you're serial killers? Well, according to this particular website, we've killed 25 things. Oh, right. Okay. My brain was just thinking of things like Weetos and cornflakes. Yeah. I wasn't thinking cereal as in repetitive. So I'm just going to remind ourselves and the listeners what our previous five were. Housing market, vacations, hotels... Which we clumped together into one. We did lump together as one, yeah. (laughs) Handshakes uh, and beer. So, we're going to do another five. Can I just say, though, I know that we shouldn't really revisit it, but I have not noticed... No, that came out wrong. I have noticed so many more people handshaking and hugging and greeting each other more than I've ever noticed before since we did this article. Since the, uh, yeah. Because maybe just because I'm noticing it. There's a word for that. What's that? You know, when you notice something more after you've had a conversation with someone about it or after you've been made aware of it. And do you know what that word is, Keir? No, but for the for the purposes of this podcast, I'm going to find it. <laughs> well, it's not just a word, Cheryl. It's oh, a phenomenon. Right. Oh my Yeah. Right, okay, it's, and this is noticing phenomenon. noticing something more after you've talked about something. Yeah, or have been okay. made aware of, of it. Okay, so someone's... I'm gonna notice portmantles far more than I ever did before now. Exactly. You're okay. probably gonna turn the T V on and then And they're gonna be everywhere. Yeah. Even though probably they were everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I'm just noticing it because I know yeah. what it is now. And it's called this is German, I think. Or Dutch. So do excuse me if I can't pronounce it properly. But it's the Bardar-Manhof phenomenon. And the phenomenon that is essentially like we said, if you're made aware of something in your future, maybe today, tomorrow, whatever, you will start noticing that thing more. Yeah. So if I introduced a new word to you, like you said before, you will hear it. Cheryl does not look impressed. Neither oh, does no, she no, look. sorry, sorry. <laughs> She's like, mm. Sorry, had I glazed over. That, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, mm, okay, right. I was okay. just thinking about the bistro salad that I have in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like I said, we're following on from the last episode. 
with last episode, we finished off at number five, officially. This is number six okay. of what millennials have killed. Because I am a millennial. I am a millennial. Yes. Michael. Thanks. <laughs> right. Nine to five jobs. I'm going to say what I think, first of all, before you actually read out the explanation. Okay. You tell me okay. why you Okay. Think. Right. Nine to five jobs. I don't think necessarily they have killed off nine to five jobs but i have read lots of articles about how younger people do have lots of different jobs they kind of mix and match lots of jobs together um in order i don't know why but maybe they don't really want to be doing or like held down to a nine to five career job they want to be able to do something for a certain length of time and then go off traveling or go off and try something else or do something else but i don't think nine to five jobs necessarily unless you're working at home where you can work you're laughing at me this is like this is like once again i'm like creating this whole world around me and you're just thinking she has no idea exactly yeah there's there's a certain level of the young end of millennials and but obviously from what i had mentioned before now the youngest part of millennials are 25 so most of them are really over that stage of traveling and doing all that nonsense i think most of them now are settling down okay so what age are millennials then uh well the youngest will be from 23 22 25 okay so that's you so what's the so what's the gap gap period okay so what's the first uni's gone yeah what's the first year of birth that a millennial will be 1983. Right, 1983 is the first year that a millennial... So I was only mm. 11 then. So I'm not, you know, I'm yeah. not a proper generation whatever X before, am I? No, you still fall within that category. I know I do. Yeah. <laughs> I am not a millennial, you snowflakes. <laughs> okay, so you're telling me that you've gone past... Right, I I don't understand how you possibly could have um, killed the nine to five job. I understand that with um, technology, it means that you guys can work anytime, any place that you want to. But I don't think a lot of you do. I still think the majority of you go into an office and you work, you start at nine o'clock and you technically are supposed to finish at five o'clock, but you might not finish until seven or eight o'clock but that's your choice that's not because you have to work that that's because you think you're supposed to work like that so you're sort of right in the sense that technology does have a lot to do with it but they're saying here that roughly 84 percent of millennials are online they're working jobs that allows them to have a better work life balance they are like you said before working from home more they're trying to blur the lines between home life and working so the getting up doing nine to five is not not as big with millennials as it is with i can understand people. it not being as big with millennials i can get that bit but i don't think it's necessarily true so in my previous employment we had i was working with a lot of graphic designers who are obviously all millennials but um with what they were doing previously before they were employed is that they were working from home as freelancers so i think a lot of millennials now that there are many jobs online or that you could do in front of a computer that they're not seeking out jobs where you have to go and sit in an office for eight hours they're actually doing these more creative 
computer orientated software stuff that you can do from home i don't i i don't think millennials are killing the nine to five job i think it's it's like evolution it's changing so this next one number seven so I'll tell you what it is and then you okay then I'll make a comment yeah (laughs) because I want you to get it so right (laughs) or so wrong no I'm rooting for you okay saying Merry Christmas so millennials don't say Merry Christmas yeah do they say Happy Holidays is this an American um, viewpoint (laughs) on the world it is but I do feel like Americanization is happening in the UK yeah because this is hugely yeah Yeah. my daughter used to delight in saying garbage just because she knew that it annoyed me or diapers well actually there are some people who will avoid saying Merry Christmas altogether right I think right I'm gonna say it (laughs) right I think that we are too worried about offending people upsetting people for any reason Mm. and I don't think there's anything wrong with saying Merry Christmas or Happy Christmas to anybody. Mm. Um, because we're taking, we have a holiday period within our country and in lots of other countries around the world for a particular reason. And that particular reason is Christmas. Mm. You know, like I would like- not be offended if someone said to me, Happy Hanukkah. Mm. if they were having a holiday for that then that's you know if i was getting a holiday for that too i'd be like yes well like i even think i I think of it from a see the problem from a point of view someone who isn't a christian and is first generation immigrant so from a muslim background so that's you if our listeners don't understand that oh yeah that's me that's (laughs) so um I even say Merry Christmas, and my mum's always said Merry Christmas. We've never felt offended when I, you know, when I was growing up, and people said Merry Christmas. Yeah, Um, we enjoyed the holiday season. We understood what it was all about. So I've never been offended by it. Right? No, I don't think anyone you would be offended by that. I think you'd have to be really extremist or very sensitive to actually feel that it was offensive to then be offended by someone saying something as simple as enjoy your holiday which is all they're saying enjoy it so we see what the actual reason is <laughs> i bet it's something completely different <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's because like they're such lot. lazy bastards they just go crimbo <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well maybe a lot of young people just aren't religious anymore we're being quite you know pessimistic about this view oh, because right, actually okay. the way that they put it on this website it's quite nice. Okay, And us millennials, we're nice people. You, you are. Might be liberal. You are. Happy holidays, or happy whatever, other than Merry Christmas, is claimed to be what millennials most prefer. Over 53% of adults under 30 prefer the neutral greeting from Merry Christmas um, to happy holidays because it's a more inclusive phrase. And it's it just... It yeah. doesn't assume any uh, the person you're talking to is a Christian because they might not be. But it also includes people who aren't part of that religion, who are still in the, a country where you have the holiday, you've got... Paraphernalia you know. that comes with the holiday. Exactly. Merry Christmas itself is not... Christmas is... It's going into holidays. Yes. So it's just the term. We're, we're changing it from a 
um, something that is a Christian holiday into something that's just an inclusive holiday. Exactly. That's all Everyone it is, is, is that is the millennials are feeling that they want to be more sensitive to the mm-hmm. issues and the different cultures around the world, but still bring everyone in to that holiday. I couldn't have said it better myself. Okay, there we go. Uh, shall I go to number three? Let's do it. This, I'm very interested to see or hear your... Uh, I get, you know what? I'm getting tense. Every single one, you're like building it up. I know. And I'm that starting last one to was think. Hard. I'm going to get really angry. <laughs> okay, go. I think actually you might agree with this one. Canned tuna. What? Oh, come I don't on. even understand that. What are you guys not buying canned tuna? We're not. No. What are you going out buying tuna? Just like uh, a slab of tuna from the fishmongers. It's got to be fresh. Okay, so you're buying fresh tuna that's surrounded in plastic um, rather than a can that you can recycle nice and easily. Yeah, I don't think it's more about the recycling material that... Oh, <laughs> it's <laughs> completely getting off the subject and going into yeah. recycling. <laughs> Cheryl's such a recycler. I actually want to go to South End and just pick up loads of rubbish just to make Cheryl happy. Why South End? Is South End like they the capital really, of rubbish? Yeah, they've got a really bad rubbish problem. And Have the beaches. they? Yeah, you can actually oh, go. It, is that is that because of the beaches though it washes in from the sea? Possibly, yeah. Or and people are just and... down there chucking their bins on the beach. I'm not sure. I think it's probably the former. And you can go and help. Just do up. a beach clean. So you guys are buying fresh tuna rather than canned tuna. Now I don't know if we're just buying fresh tuna. I think we are buying canned tuna, but there is a certain. That, but there are reasons why we wouldn't buy a particular type of cat tuna. Okay, well, I will only buy pole and line tuna. Why would you do that? Because then I know that it's been caught ethically rather than a, a trawler. But if you're buying tuna, then it doesn't really matter how it's how, how you're actually buying it. It's how it's caught, which is the thing, is the ethical thing about it. Just because you're buying a fish in its entirety or a slab of fish doesn't mean that it's been ethically caught any more than if you're buying it all crushed up in a and cooked in a tin again i don't think it's whether you've got it in a can or it's fresh but the whole ethical side of it it's very important and (laughs) she'll be listening to this but a friend of mine used to live um in a uni house so she's shared this house with it's four or five other people and they were very big on uh, ethical treatments of animal and yep. food types, which is cool. Um, but on their fridge, they had a canned tuna chart. And it basically gave you all the um, products or the brand branded tuna. Yeah. told you which ones have more, like, I think dolphin death or something. Yeah. But the dolphin death comes from catching tuna by nets. Yeah. If I'm eating tuna that is pole and line caught, even in a can, then surely that's not got the dolphin deaths. Yeah, but maybe more canned tuna has. But why? You're still catching a tuna. I don't know. They if don't this is catch right. it in the sea in a tin. <laughs> it's not. All, it's not like they see these little tins of tuna floating around in the sea and they go, "Oh, catch that one." I I don't know. I haven't catch a tuna. I haven't even read. Someone the takes it away, guts it all, cooks it, sticks it in a tin, and then puts some brine or some spring water or whatever in 
else it goes in with, seals yeah. the tin, and then it goes off to the supermarket. Or it gets caught as a tuna, it gets gutted, sliced up, shrink-wrapped, shipped off to the supermarket. It's okay. not any different when it's caught. It's either caught by pole and line or it's caught by netting. I don't get that one. <laughs> Shall I read it out? <laughs> yes. Let's, let's take, like, you know. I okay. love the fact that you think there's little tins of tuna floating around no, in the sea. I didn't sea. think that. You thought that. No, I, I know they're not, but you're saying no, about dolphin you... catch. <laughs> yes. I'm thinking that that's what you're thinking. No, I'm yeah. thinking... Okay, I'm going to go back because Cheryl's thinking something that I haven't clarified. And if there's one thing about this podcast, clarification is going to be one of them. I don't think that... <laughs> the okay. cans flow around the in cans the are going in and picking them out. But... For example, let's say John West. Can I name? We're not like press or anything, aren't we? So it's fine. John West has one of the worst uh, records um, in ethical tuna fishing. But isn't it that John West is like the big, the daddy, the number one in tuna, canned tuna? I think John West are one of the biggest fish, fishermen. Yeah. Kind of companies. Yeah, because yeah, they're on everything. They're not just on tuna. You can get prawns and yeah, and but in terms um, of canned fish tuna, bite and all kinds of stuff. But yeah, they yeah. are one of the brands that you can buy. On top of that, there are a supermarket own brand tuna. For mm-hmm. example, Waitrose has um, its they do own brand as tuna. Do and other um, I think yeah. I think they have the best one. I think or the best. Well, remember. lucky for you, that's where I get my canned tuna from. Yeah, Waitrose. So I think this is where we're coming from, saying that the most popular brand of canned tuna, which you are most likely going to buy, is the one. But anyway, they have a chart of canned tuna. Um, I will see if I can find it and then link it for people who might want a chart of canned okay. tuna, ones to avoid, ones to buy. And Cheryl loves recycling, but we need to make sure we're saving the animals through um, ethical fishing. Okay. Can I just say, though... If I if you're buying pole and line tuna, canned tuna, it makes no difference, okay? okay. Than okay. if you're buying a slab of tuna. Yes. Okay. Okay. Right. But I mean, get fresh so tuna. So check check your tin. So the, I don't like fresh tuna. Can I just say that too? I like canned tuna. So, having said all of that. Do you want to know the actual reason? Yes. Millennials aren't buying tuna. They're too lazy to undo the can. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know what? And right, because almost. No, I'm, I'm okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. I know. I'm, I'm going to let you fire with this one, but let me explain. So you're you're right. They they don't actually own can openers, and also the smell of the tuna is not millennials don't like so um i think it's over 45 percent um do not buy uh canned tuna because of the having to open it and the smell so nothing to do <laughs> with ethical treatments which is what i thought it possibly could be but anyway um you know what canned tuna is actually one of the only things now that I find that doesn't have the ring pull can opener. Mm. So I still do have to get out my can opener, open it, and it is a bit of a palaver. It is, yeah. Yeah. Even with the sort of easy access ones. Yeah, they don't. I've, I've not found a tuna can that has that ring pull opener. I think John West. 
Well, I don't buy John West, do I? Way. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, John West. So, um, the next one. Okay, the next one. This is number four. Okay. This is number four. Things that millennials have killed. Bar soap. Bar soap? Bar soap. Um, now, I oh think right, okay, like a, a like a, a bar of soap. A bar of soap. Okay. Okay, take it away. Okay, so do you all use plungers? I would imagine, or nothing. Okay, at all. so can we just go back to the whole ethical part of this? Then mm-hmm. you're all using plastic plungers that then just get thrown away. Some of them aren't plastic, so we have. Oh, sorry, they wouldn't. Ones. No, some yeah, some are wooden, obviously. The actual plunger you can't recycle. Oh, we can't. I don't believe you can. Yeah, we need we to find that out about. Into... You can the actual bottle. Mm-hmm. You can um, obviously recycle, mm-hmm. but I don't think the plungers can be recycled. But I still I wash my hands, so it. I have my own shower room. <laughs> yeah. I have a bar of soap in there that I wash my hands with, mm-hmm. and also in the shower I have a bar of. Soap. Oh, are you are you a bar of soap shower as well? I'm a bar of soaper, and I yeah. get my bars of soap from. I either get um, Dove. Mm-hmm. which is probably made horrendously. So we won't move into the ethical parts of that, but it does come in a cardboard box with no plastic. Yeah. Although, actually, if you buy six of them or whatever, it's covered in plastic. Covered, covered in plastic, Okay, yeah. so that's but wrong again, that, in itself. I don't know where the stuff... properly into, like, the whole... <laughs> Lately, I've been going to Lush, and I've been buying... It's expensive, but I have been buying my products from Lush. So they yeah. come completely... Plastic the soap free. there is plastic-free. Yeah. Is that true? Because on the big shampoo, I think it's plastic. If you buy if you buy the shampoos and the bottles, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you do get some stuff in plastic, obviously. Actually, can I say, do people think that it's less hygienic? Oh, you're there. Am I there? <laughs> yeah. Which, I was like, this is, is she going to This is it? one of these things that always <laughs> makes me laugh. It's a bar of soap. Yeah, but germ, okay. germs can if live on soap. If you wash your hand with... What, and you think that, bar, that germs can't live on a pump? Yes, but you've washed your hands post-pump. Whereas bar of soap, okay, and then you're you, washing your hands and then you with... Touch, and then you touch the tap to top the tap, and then you open Not the door. Not if it's uh, one of those motion taps. Okay, right. How many people have a motion tap in their house? That's the thing. Maybe people need more motion taps. And then what? Are we not going to have handles on the doors? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just have. It just senses. it does. I do find it a bit ridiculous. Okay, but yeah. you're right. You're right. It is. It, millennials are not buying uh, bar soaps or using bar soaps because um, they think that they are covered in germs and inconvenient. Um, anyone who's ever seen that gross line, public, sorry, pubic hair, desperately clinging into a bar of soap, wholeheartedly agrees. But if you're using, okay, if you're at home, mm-hmm. if you're sharing your soap with everybody else, okay, mm-hmm. and then you pick up that soap and there's pubic hair in that soap, mm-hmm. okay, I can get that you don't want to use that soap. Okay, but if you have your own soap mm-hmm. and that's your own soap and nobody else uses your soap, is there an issue with it? No, I don't know. So. Oh, uh, sorry, I should put my opinion. Do I agree with bar soap? Um, no, I, sometimes I actually prefer bar soap. Um, but again, it's not one of those things that really I'm bothered about because it doesn't impact my life. If I see bar soap, I'm not going to actively not use it because I think it's germ-ridden. But at the same time, I don't go and buy bar soap because I think it is probably more convenient to just buy normal dispenser soap that you can refill, you know? 
If you're refilling it, that's And then also, fine, you get that really annoying bit at the end of the bar site it. where it's like really thin and flimsy and you know, it starts breaking up and you're just like, oh. Okay, can and then, I... And then you, you put it on top of the sink um, or in like a little tray <laughs> where people keep it, like as if it's butter on the sink. And then all the soap starts dripping down from it. It just looks really untidy. It does look... It is quite inconvenient. Whereas a dispenser, you just put it on the wall... Suspense down. Get the refill ones, like I said. So just get like buy really nice, you know, metal or wooden ones, whatever the decor in your um, bathroom is, and just refill the dispensers. But you still have to buy the plastic bottle to yeah, yeah, yeah. to put it into your but then dispenser. Again, you, yes, but those those. Well, if you're you getting ones that bottles. don't have the pump, then yeah, that, but you would, that's yeah. fine. You keep using yeah. your pump. But the other thing, going back to your little bits of soap. That you get at the end. Mm. Okay. Have you got a craftsman thing? Okay. For this? Yes, my crafty lady is coming out here now. Oh, sorry, not craftsman. My bad. <laughs> um, you craftsperson. Craftsperson, of course. Okay, you can actually. <laughs> it's a bit of a faff, really, but all those little bits you can actually heat up, uh-huh. and then mold it all together to for a new soap, <gasps> kind of like candle can wax. You? Yeah. No. Okay. The other thing as well. There, wait, 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 wait. There sorry, are, sorry, 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 sorry. Okay. okay, okay. Just so I don't lose that point. <laughs> okay. So you're saying you can heat up the yep. little bits of bar soap. Now, are yep. we heating them up in boiling water or you fire, like, putting them in a pan? And... No, so you, you can heat them like you would do, um, like you would do chocolate. You put it into a bowl, mm. okay, and then um, and then pan of boiling water underneath that bowl. So you put the... Have you ever heated chocolate this way or do you just put your chocolate in the microwave? No, I heated that way and I put butter on top. Okay, is it, is so, that... so yeah, so you do it in a bowl that kind of is suspended from a saucepan. Yeah, I do do And it the saucepan has got boiling water mm-hmm. in and then that heats. You can do it that way and then you can pour, just like you do chocolate, you can pour the soap into moulds mm. and then you obviously cool it and it goes hard again. So you can do that. Or there are companies that you can send your old bits of soap to. No, there's not. There are indeed. <laughs> and by the power of Google... I will let you know that... Okay, there aren't companies that you can send your old soap to. Oh, thank goodness. I thought there were. (laughs) Can we just cut that little bit out so I don't sound... (laughs) No, I'm keeping it in. (laughs) You know what, guys? If you've got any old bits of soap that are pubic hair free, you can send them to us. Okay, maybe we should get like a P.O. box or something and we'll start sending out Just Off London Soap. To all you people, we'll have like a little factory line going here. I'm just so happy that there is no one in the world collecting old, crunkly, disgusting bits of soap, <laughs> boiling them and remoulding them and then sending them out. I would imagine yeah, the process can, of that manufacturing do that. The would other be so thing... expensive. It would be like 15 quid for a bar of soap just because it takes five pounds to send it across wherever it is that it would be boiled down. <laughs> That's a lot of bloody soap. <laughs> So actually, you're doing pretty well. I think on mo- all of them. So I'm understanding why... Mm. This is obviously American market, and we're talking about... We're going back to talk about Christmas. Okay. Okay, and maybe Thanksgiving. So number five on our list for today is millennials have killed large turkeys. <laughs> Do 
See, now, in my head, all I can see is all of you running around with machetes, cutting the heads off of large turkeys. Forget the small ones, cutting the large turkeys' heads We're off. Sacrificing them for our non-barsed life. Okay, is that just because millennials don't want to sit and eat turkey for Thanksgiving? I mean, I don't have turkey for Christmas. I think I've done turkey once um, in my whole lifetime of cooking. Go back to your first point. What was it that you said? That millennials the... are running around killing all the turkeys. No, sorry, your second point. So you said Thanksgiving. Okay, so what is it? So is so are millennials not having turkey for Thanksgiving and Christmas in America? Is that what's happening? Turkeys who are bred over thirty pounds are known to have had certain levels of um, unethical intervention you would have so, thought that they would be force-fed a bit like exactly. foie gras yeah is it exactly. foie gras yeah. that it's force-fed isn't it so force-fed yeah. yeah or or injected with certain levels of steroids or whatever yeah. and so millennials have caught on to that cruelty and said that although it is rather inconvenient to cook a large turkey they'd rather just cook something small for their mates um it is actually very unethical to have mm. a turkey that's massive and actually yeah. turkeys should be a normal yeah. size and they're not you know they're bigger yeah. than chickens obviously but they're not supposed to be like that big the way in which we you know we farm the animals all the way through into the way in which the animals are you know killed mm. to provide the meat um probably needs to be looked at but the 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 fact that there are so many millions of people who do eat meat and still eat meat mm and will not stop eating meat, they have to provide for these people. And it's very difficult for you to grow things ethically on the scale that they're trying to provide these, mm. you know, these, these products with. Um, that, unfortunately, it's, it's going to be a, a, a really horrible, unfortunate byproduct of the whole thing. All you can do is when you go shopping is try and make an informed, better decision about what you're buying. Like your country now. Yes. But I can say is that I would say that as a generation, millennials are probably, probably are not killing off the fat turkey, but changing the turkey. Because you're changing the way... I mean, the whole way in which we eat is changing. You know, I, I don't sit down as a family with my kids really very often. Um, mainly, you know, my husband could be working or the kids have got homework that they haven't quite finished by the time I finish dinner. So they might have it about 10, 15 minutes later than I do. Or they really want to watch something. Can I go, you know what, I don't mind if you sit in front of the TV and watch it. Even if it, that's bad parenting. They like doing it. They're happy. I'm happy. So I think once again, we've kind of established that maybe millennials are not specifically killing these things off. I think it's just the way in which life is changing hmm. and society is changing. And you guys happen to be the ones who are there when the significant amount of change is happening. Or needed. Because of technology and science. Hmm. That, kind of, that kind of revolutionary step between you know, not having machines. It's not like the Industrial Revolution was a revolution, wasn't it? It was a sudden thing that happened. Is that the same thing is kind of happening with computers, is that we've had that sudden jump 
in technologic in in the way in which we've advanced technologically thank you once again for listening please share with everybody if this podcast brings a smile to your face allow that smile to be shared amongst everyone (laughs) we're gonna go now (laughs) thank you very much for listening and subscribe share leave some stars and uh comment fantastic catch us on our instagram our facebook and our twitter as well have a good week Bye bye bye